It's the end of December and the end of 2020, and the COVID-19 pandemic continues. However, the new messenger RNA vaccines are now getting into arms, and there's a long-awaited glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. Let's wrap up this most challenging and distressing year here on this special coronavirus bonus episode of The Nurse Keith Show. Hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I'm privileged to use this platform to educate and inform you so that you can take anything you find useful and share it with others. These special COVID-19 episodes come out at the end of each month, and these episodes are always free of corporate sponsorship. The show notes for this particular episode will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word COVID-19-19. Remember that anything I share here on these episodes is the most up-to-date information I've accessed, but things are changing on a dime. So things I share might be a little outdated by the time you hear this. And please also note that anything I share is not intended for diagnosis or treatment. So please consult your healthcare provider, the CDC, the WHO, your local department of health, or any other evidence-based resource you trust. And if you hear anything I share or anything I, I write or post on this podcast that you think is erroneous, email me at keith at nursekeith.com with any data to back it up so that I can learn and post a public correction. Thanks for understanding. Stay safe and keep informed. So as I said, this is the end of 2020, a year that none of us could have seen coming, except if you're a virologist or epidemiologist or public health official who's had your finger on the pulse of these types of viruses for a long time. And there are people who've been sounding the alarm for many years. Nonetheless, we have all been pulling together, haven't we? Well, almost all of us. So first, you know, The scientists and researchers around the world, including my brother, my dear brother, Ken Carlson, who's at the Wyss Institute at Harvard, you all have been working so hard round the clock since this virus first emerged to try to develop therapeutics and vaccines and do the research and compile the data that we need in order to advance the science of fighting this pandemic. And You nurses, doctors, anesthesiologists, chaplains, social workers, respiratory therapists, all of you healthcare providers, home health aides, nurses aides, CNAs, LPNs, you've all been really working so very hard. And I personally feel like as a nurse who's not working clinically right now, how can we ever repay you for everything that you've done? I just don't even know where to begin. And then we have our environmental slash housekeepers, all of those staff and food service and security and HVAC people who keep the air in the hospitals clean and circulating and all the other support staff and admin and executive leadership who've stepped up. It has been an incredible community effort and it is still ongoing and hats off to everyone who's been contributing on whatever level you've been doing so. And 
you know, I've said this before and I'll keep saying it. People who work in grocery stores and post offices and shipping companies and moving companies and delivery people and pharmacists and pharmacy techs and even the plumbers and electricians who are coming into our homes to fix things and risking their own health and lives. All of these essential service workers of all kinds have really been just amazing throughout the course of this pandemic. You know, speaking of scientists and science, the vaccines are out. The messenger RNA or mRNA vaccines for short, Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna have gotten their vaccines. They've gotten the Food and Drug Administration Emergency Use Authorization or EUA to start getting those vaccines into people. And, you know, these vaccines are pretty incredible technology. The messenger RNA is fascinating. You know, this technology has been around a while and has been being developed. And what I've heard on various podcasts is that the re one reason this didn't take quite as long is that messenger RNA, the, the work has been done already so that when Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna picked it up, they had a lot of science already to work from in order to create these vaccines. And it's not like they're cooking up these huge vats of vaccine in scientific uh, research facilities. They're not cooking up these vats of virus. It's a whole different approach. And I know there's a lot of controversy. I know there's a lot of concern on the part of large portion of the general public, but if we want to conquer SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, this is our only ticket out that I can personally see at this point. And just to explain, there's a great graphic and article on the New York Times that's been updated a number of times. It was last updated on Christmas Eve, and I'll have it in the show notes about how the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine works. And this also relates to a large extent to the Moderna vaccine. It's based on the fact that the virus, the coronavirus, has these spikes on the surface, and that's why we call it a coronavirus, because corona is Spanish for crown. And those spikes have been the tempting target for potential vaccines and treatments, according to the New York Times. So the vaccine uses messenger RNA, mRNA, which is the genetic material our cells read to make proteins. And if we inject mRNA into our bodies on its own, the enzymes in our body will break it up into little pieces and destroy it. So these vaccines, well, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine wraps the messenger RNA in lipid nanoparticles so that it can actually be protected so that it won't be destroyed as soon as it enters your body. This is one reason why the Pfizer vaccine is so fragile. It has to be kept at negative 70 degrees Celsius to stay viable. And there's one of our problems is that getting this vaccine or even maybe the Moderna vaccine into sub-Saharan Africa and other places without the infrastructure and the freezers and whatnot, that's going to be an issue. And we need different vaccines to be able to take into those other areas and those low-income countries that really can't access this particular vaccine because how are we going to get it to them? The logistics are staggering even here in the United States. 
Anyway, that's another conversation. But once it's injected into your body, what happens is that this messenger RNA gets received into your cells. It actually vaccinates cells within your body. Your cell takes that messenger RNA and starts creating little pieces of these spike proteins that usually you see on the outside of the coronavirus molecule. But you're not actually creating the virus itself. It's just pieces of the spike protein. So your cell in the cytoplasm will destroy the original messenger RNA, and then it has that information to create those spike proteins. And what happens is those little spikes migrate to the surface of your cells. And then what happens is that different cells of your immune system pick up on that and raise the alarm. And then your immune system starts creating antibodies against coronavirus. So that's basically how it works. And this article and graphic in the New York Times is excellent. It shows you how the antigen presenting cell, the helper T cell, the memory B cell, the killer T cells, how they're all involved in this process. So I highly recommend you take a look at that to understand how it actually works. So I've been talking here at the beginning of the show about how we've all pulled together and it has been amazing and heartening and also at times a beautiful thing we've seen happening out there. And we've also pulled apart, you know, the virus, the pandemic, mask wearing, hand washing, social distancing have been politicized throughout the course of the pandemic, especially by certain political leaders like our current president, who won't be president much longer. And we've had so much divisiveness and even legislators at many levels, local and federal and even governors have been feeding into the conspiracy theories. So yes, there's pulling apart, there's pulling together, and we need to continue to pull together and educate others and push back against the conspiracy theories so that we can get ahead of this pandemic, bring the number of infections and deaths down, and get us to the point where a year from now at the end of 2021, Maybe there's a little brush fires of the virus, but we have more or less conquered it and can wipe the sweat from our brows and look forward to how we're going to tackle the next one. So some of my concerns, other than conspiracy theories and uh, obstructionist and egregiously uh, misguided politicians, is what I mentioned a few moments ago, is unequal distribution of resources around the world when we look at these low and middle income countries who are less have less ready access to the vaccines because of finances and then the refrigeration and logistics are such an issue that is definitely something that the world has to come together and tackle together if you weren't alive after world war ii i certainly wasn't you may still have learned in history class or read about the fact that after World War II, the world really pulled together and Japan was rebuilt, Europe was rebuilt, people were put to work, 
You know, it was this massive undertaking. And I believe that the world needs to come together in order to make sure that every country has access to therapeutics and vaccines so that we don't have a stratified pandemic response in which in richer countries, we're getting a hold of the pandemic, we're getting the numbers down, fewer people are dying, the therapeutics are widely available. And in poorer countries, that's not happening. We need to prevent that from going down. We also need to work against vaccine refusal on too large a scale because that's gonna hurt us in terms of getting to herd immunity. And we also have to think about businesses shutting down for good. I recently heard how many thousands of restaurants here in the United States alone that will never reopen because they've just been ground into oblivion by the shutdowns, which have been painful but necessary. How are we going to pick our country back up and how are we going to help people get back on their feet? Just today, when I'm recording December 28, 2020, Congress had passed the next COVID-19 pandemic relief package, which the president refused to sign and finally signed into law today. However, his delay is causing people who were relying on unemployment and other benefits are going to lose at least a week of pay. So we need to make sure that we push our Congress people and help Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's administration push forward with more relief for more Americans and help guide other countries to do the same. Unemployment is an enormous issue. Hunger is an enormous issue. I'm concerned about children's learning and their cognitive development and their social development being impacted through all of this isolation and learning from home. I'm concerned about poorer children and families who don't have ready access to the internet, don't have the devices to access education. So we need to figure out how that is going to be addressed. And we need to push the Biden-Harris administration to look at that and do something about it. I'm also super concerned about the long-term consequences of isolation for many groups, including elders, people with major mental illness, etc. We need to figure out how we're going to mitigate the effects of isolation and the consequences that we're going to be dealing with for months or years to come. I'm also reading about and concerned about prisons and jails and how readily they're going to access vaccines because, you know, prisoners in prisons and jails live close to one another and the guards as well are right there. And there's been massive numbers of infections and deaths and we need to protect all of those citizens. Now, whether they've done something wrong or not, they deserve to be protected from the virus and have their health and their lives protected. I'm also concerned about the development over long term of basically a stratification of society, basically like a caste system where those who are vaccinated 
have certain privileges and those who are not vaccinated do not have certain privileges. There are a lot of ethical issues here that need to be looked at and need to be addressed. I don't have the answers. Maybe you have some answers. Hopefully the Biden administration will have some answers, but these are valid concerns that people are raising. And we definitely need to keep our eyes on the prize in terms of how we are going to look at all of these issues and make sure that people don't fall through the many, many cracks that are there for them to fall through. Now, those are some of my concerns. There are many, many more, but for now, I'm going to leave it at that because this, this is the end of the year and it's really been enough said. And now I want to talk about my hopes. My hopes are for the long-term building of trust between the medical and scientific communities and communities of color here in the United States. The mistrust is deep, longstanding, and understandable based on the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Read about it if you haven't. Henrietta Lacks and what was done to her and how people of color still often don't receive the same level of care and the same outcomes as white people. You know, insurance access, access to healthcare, access to providers, implicit bias, etc. These are my concerns, but this also reflects my hopes that with the conversations that are happening around race and discrimination and racial inequities in our society and within the healthcare system and scientific communities specifically, that we're going to actually be able to turn that around and increase the trust in medical science and scientific research in communities of color. And I hope that this can be accomplished. One of my hopes is also excellent outcomes and herd immunity from the vaccination initiatives that are ongoing right now with relatively few negative instances. There's going to be hundreds of millions of people vaccinated. And if we can avoid and if we can see excellent outcomes, that would really be the true light at the end of the tunnel that will lead us where we need to go. And like I said earlier, another of my hopes is that at this time, December of 2021, there'll be little brush fires of COVID rather than enormous conflagrations and forest fires. And we'll be able to look back and say, yeah, we beat this virus into submission. We're going to keep it there. And now we know how to control it because we do recognize that this virus isn't going away. It's going to stick around for many years. So we need to know how to prevent it and how to treat it. And I truly think we're getting there. Now, there are going to be new therapeutics that are going to be widely accessible and give protection against advancing COVID-related disease processes. And I'm hoping that we're going to have access for everyone, no matter of race, no matter of class, no matter their ability to pay. And another hope I have is in people like my brother at the Wies Institute at Harvard, where ongoing research is going to help us understand and unpack all of the consequences of COVID infection. We've got people who are long haulers who seem to have 
permanent or at least long-term chronic fatigue, cognitive issues, organ damage. And now we're even seeing psychosis, post-COVID psychosis in people that we truly need to understand what's going on there and figure out how to treat it. I'll try to remember to have a link to the article for the New York Times about the post-COVID psychosis, which is fascinating and very frightening. My other hope for the end of 2020 moving into 2021 is that we're going to have learned from this experience that through the science, through all of the innovations in healthcare, we're going to be ready for next time. Because like I said earlier, sadly enough, there's going to be a next time. For years, certain virologists and epidemiologists have been saying that the big one is coming. And Hopefully, let's hope that COVID-19 was the big one, though there are some out there who say that actually it is not the big one, that there's more to come. So if we can truly learn from our mistakes, if we can truly learn about how the politicization of the pandemic has hurt us, just like it did in 1918. The same thing happened. History repeats itself, and we don't want it to repeat itself so much that it begins to stutter. So we need to learn. We need to move forward. We need to take the lessons from this pandemic and apply them in the future and remember how important this work we've done truly is. And one last hope I have is that even though public health is quote unquote supposed to happen in the background, it's something we don't think about very much. It's not generally seen as very sexy and people take it for granted. And yes, public health has brought us seatbelts it's brought us vaccines. It's brought us all sorts of public health initiatives like clean air and clean water. It's brought us so much. Maybe we will remember individually and collectively how public health has been central to the fight against COVID. And public health professionals will now be seen as heroes, courageous, intelligent, useful, it, indispensable heroes that we need to pay well and to keep employed and to keep the money pouring into public health so that we're always ready for all eventualities. I was once a public health nurse, and I can tell you it is a very, very satisfying line of work. So if you have been inspired by what you've seen happen out there in the public health community, consider a degree in public health or consider becoming a public health nurse and see how that machine really works because it is absolutely fascinating. You know, I want to wish you and your loved ones a wonderful beginning of 2021. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's keep working together, seeing eventually decreases in infections an increase in cooperation, a decrease, a vast decrease in deaths, and eventually, like I said, coming to the point where we can look back and say that we truly vanquished this virus, we understand it, and now we can move forward to control it and be prepared for the rest. You know, we've all been through so much. We've been through touch deprivation, social isolation, 
illness, death, suffering, unemployment, financial distress. We've been through so, so very much as individuals, as communities, as states, as regions, as nations, as in as a world, as an entire world. We all deserve a break. We all deserve to put this pandemic in the rearview mirror. And I hope against hope, 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 hope that 2021 will be when we see the end. And I wish you, yes, you, the most wonderful new year, health, happiness, as much joy as you can possibly experience, even amidst what's going on around you. And please keep in touch with me and keep your eyes on the prize of the end to this pandemic. Thanks for listening to this special end of the year COVID-19 bonus episode of the Nurse Keith Show. The show notes will be at nursekeith.com forward slash COVID-1919, where you can find links to the articles that I referenced. The Nurse Keith Show is a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, one of the largest and fastest growing collections of authoritative, high quality podcasts taking on the tough topics in health and care with empathy, expertise, and a commitment to excellence. Find them at healthpodcastnetwork.com. The Nurse Keith Show has been adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting throughout the year of 2020. Thank you so much, Rob, for all your hard, diligent work. Mark Happy Spiesen is our stalwart social media ringmaster who's been helping me spread the word and keep you informed via our many online platforms, including my newsletter and social media. Mark, thank you as well so, so very much. Stay safe, stay informed, be the nurse healthcare professional and citizen who does the right thing in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is Nurse Keith saying adios and happy new year. Until next time, from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico.